Good afternoon, talking fight fans, and actually good evening, talking fight fans, to my UK, uh, to my UK family, boxing family. Um, welcome, welcome to Knuckle Up at four. What my my boy Mike Orr will be here here in a minute, hopefully. I am your host Cedric Ben. I have my special guest today from London, Mr. Jamie TKV. Uh, thank you very much for joining me today. And um, yeah, man, straight straight from London. What's, what's, what time is it over there right now? It's four o'clock over here, so it's uh, nine o'clock over at there. At the moment, it's five past nine, so it's like yeah, just just reach nine p.m. And nice. I'm not sure what. To, yeah, so yeah. Nice. So it's nice. five. Did you say four p.m. for you guys? Yes, it is. It's four o'clock here now. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. all right, let's get right into it, man. I know um, you're well known, but let's get you more known to some to the people that that uh, haven't got a chance cool. to meet you yet. Um, specifically about the boxing. How first of all, how did you get in into boxing? Give us that that brief story behind that. So. Um, I started off doing Olympic wrestling, freestyle wrestling. Um, um, so my, I did it from a young, I've done it from a young age. Uh, my, my dad is a, a, a freestyle wrestling coach and uh, all my siblings, we all did it. And uh, when I got to the age of 18, there was like a youth program where my dad was doing wrestling and there was boxing and there was other sports, football and whatnot. And um, I thought, you know what? I've always loved boxing. And I always loved watching boxing and I thought, let me give boxing a try. I gave it a try and the coach said, you got a lot of potential Like you have, like you're doing things like you've done boxing before, you're quite fast, the way you move is quite, it's different. So why don't you take it serious? So after two weeks of doing boxing, the coach spoke to my dad, said, why don't you allow Jamie to do boxing full time? And here we are today. Nice, nice. Yeah. So this started when you were 18. The journey started when you were 18? Yes, yeah. Okay, okay. Now, you're in London. What? Where are you originally from? Where's your family originally from? Uh, my parents are originally from the um, Democratic Republic of Congo. Nice. It used to be previously, previously called Zaire. I don't know if you remember Muhammad yes, Ali and yes, George yes, Coleman had a fight in Zaire. Yeah, so that's now it's called um, DR Congo. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't put that together. Okay, nice, nice, yeah. nice. So, um, so your amateur career. How? Uh, tell us. Tell us a little bit about that. What was? What was the height of that? And so, why? Maybe just give us the, tra the transition yeah. on why. Well, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Tell your story. Uh, no, no. I, well, I was just saying. Once I started amateur boxing, my coach wanted me to get the most experience I can get. That's the reason why I ended up having as many fights as I did. You know what I'm saying? So from when I first started boxing, I don't think I ever stopped boxing. I just had fights, fights after fights, entered every championship I could, you know. And um, literally, I, f I feel like that was the best way for me to learn because I gained so much experience by boxing people of high level and certain levels that most of the people that I've boxed are doing well as professionals, you know, nice. and they want to come up the same as me. Mm -hmm. So it just, it just makes me feel that I'll be comfortable as as a professional because I will come across them. We will cross paths again as professionals. But I feel like the experience that I gained as an amateur helped, has helped me a lot to improve that and to be where I'm at now. Of course, of course. That's why, uh, you know, just coaching amateurs myself, you know, it's just that 
when you when you're at the amateur level the goal is to try to fight the top competition just to get yourself prepared for the professional level as far as you know exactly. fighting people with a with a high skill level before before your record yeah. actually counts so you know it, it does the, it does does make sense to, to to you know to have at least a couple of amateur fights at that high level now what um what gave you the confidence and what made you decide to, to turn pro I mean, I had done everything there is to do in that. Well, not everything, but like, I've been to the highest level of mm. um, amateur boxing and I felt like there was nothing else for me to do but to turn professional. You know, the aim, no matter how much you tell yourself, most people tell themselves, yeah, I'm here to win medals and stuff. But when you start boxing, everyone wants to um, become a professional, a professional boxer. Everyone wants to become a a world champion, you know what I'm saying? And they yeah. want to live that life, that glamour life of a of a fighter. So when I did start boxing, the, the, the plan was to become a professional at the end of it. Like once I learned my trade in the amateurs, then turn professional. So when I felt like I, I'd done everything and I learned my trade, I decided this was the best time. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Um, and what, um, as far as, as far as your training camps, how, how have those differed, like from like from getting ready for a professional fight as as opposed for for uh, for an amateur one? Do you know what I thought that I actually prefer the professional training just because it's done throughout like earlier in the day because <laughs> with the amateurs <laughs> you train later on. You're tired. Like, by the time you you get home, you're tired. You, like, you yes. go to work the next day. Sometimes like you just it's just tiring the mm. way it's done in the amateurs, but. As a professional, everything is done earlier on and you're able to get stuff done out and put up that out of the way. And um like I, I just find it better. I prefer it. Like um to yeah, personally yeah. I just prefer it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now as far as your 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 fighting style, how have you felt that you've had to to change your, your fighting style to, to adjust to the professional ranks? Or do you feel like you kind of just made that made that easy transition? To be honest, I had to slow down my pace because mm. I was the type of person who would try you get me a big guy who throws a lot of shots. It looks pretty, you know, but it's not mm. about looking pretty. It's about doing the right things at the right time. You don't want to blow out in the ring, you know, because I was doing things where I'd be moving my head all the time, yeah, um, throwing a lot of punches where I, w I wouldn't be able to do the rounds that I'm supposed to be doing. But now with the with Ben Davison and Barry Smith teaching me the right things and showed me how I should control myself in that ring. I'm able to do 10 rounds without even blowing up, be, be blowing, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. Um, I've realized that the transition was just the amount of work that you do each round for me personally. Mm. That's the main transition that I made to change, but it didn't take much, but the only thing I had to do was slow down, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically just, just increasing the workload same, the same, the yeah. same fun mastering the same, you know, the same thing as the, as the amateurs, just mastering the fundamentals, um, not just yeah, going exactly. through the motions, but making sure that you're doing, doing everything properly, offense uh, and exactly. defense and, and, uh, but just doing yeah. more of it. Right. Of course. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, what, uh, want to know right now and how did that, how, okay. Yeah. This is the other question. How did it feel as opposed, um, your first professional fight as opposed to your first like amateur fight? Describe those two uh, those two experiences and how maybe they were. You know what? So, um, well, my first amateur fight, I was so confident. 
and I did win. I beat the guy up easy. It was an easy fight for me. Even though many would expect their first pro fight to be an easy fight, but I knew that the guy came out to, to cause trouble. So in a way, it had me a little bit nervous because mm-hmm. um, this is my career. You know, if anything goes yes. wrong, this is my life. Anything that I've worked hard for, it can mm-hmm. go down the chain with one mistake. So I feel like mm-hmm. if anything did go wrong in my first fight, that's my career done. Everything I've worked so hard for is gone. Mm-hmm. So that mentality was the wrong mentality to like the wrong. I had the wrong thoughts just before going into the ring. I was thinking like that, but then obviously the first one I didn't feel the, the first round. I didn't feel like I did what I was supposed to be doing, but. After the second round onwards, I got into my groove and I got comfortable. But the first round, I, it, like the nerves did get to me and I felt like I didn't do what I was supposed to be doing. Nice, nice, nice. Um, what, do you have anything scheduled? Anything? What, what is your next one scheduled coming up? Next fight? Um, well, there's a bit of talk about June. So hopefully we're getting out in June. So that's like in two months. So. Okay. At least they're trying to keep me busy, so that's that's good news for us. Good, good, good. Now, as far as um, I always thought, even like because uh, you're, you're a heavyweight, you, you know, the only weight class that you guys don't really have to to worry about uh, what you're eating, as far as you know, for for cutting yeah. weight. But how how do you uh, obviously you're not just eating junk food all the time, but you know, do you still yeah, kind of, of manage to watch what what you're eating, or do you just making sure that yeah. you you try to out train what what you're eating? to balance it out you know do you know what that's what we used to do in the amateurs but um mm-hmm. i got told by the right people that you gotta eat certain food and avoid like a particular type of food so it can better your performance so what i did was uh avoided all the bad food for a while and made sure that i ate the right food and i felt like it did benefit me come fight night but um throughout the whole camp i think i lost because during lockdown after the Olympic qualifiers, I was, I got comfortable starting eating whatever I wanted, and I ballooned up from 110 to 133. So I'm coming down from 133, mm. and um, you know, it, obviously it did take take a while, but it took, a, yeah. But I finally got there. But yeah, it did take a while to get there. Either way, it wasn't as easy as you'd expect. Yeah, 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 and. Of course, as you get older, well, again, because well, you're a heavyweight, so you don't really have to worry about cutting weight. But, you know, as you get older, you still want to watch what you're eating to make sure your body's moving efficiently in, in the exactly. ring and stuff like that, right? Um, yeah. Okay, so outside of the ring, what do you do What do you do to, to kind of shut your mind off from boxing? How do you How do you get yourself to relax? What else are you up to? Most, most of the time I listen to music or watch things or do things that are not related to boxing just so i can keep my mind off the boxing sometimes because you know sometimes when you're thinking too much about boxing especially leading up to my first fight it could cause nerves so i, I try to avoid it as much as possible and by doing that i just used to do other things that doesn't relate to boxing it could be drawing doing art watching tv or just listening to music that's how i i was doing a lot of reading mm-hmm. that helped me a lot as well to concentrate you know, and uh, like, I did a little bit of meditating. Not enough, but I did a little bit. Not enough, but yeah, that's uh, it's always yeah. a good thing. Help, help, uh, help the mind relax. Uh, reading yeah. books or or articles. What uh, what type of what type of reading? To be honest, I was reading a book 
um, um, I was reading the Teddy Atlas, which is boxing related, but I was reading mm. another book um, about the, the the strength of the mind. I've got the name of the book, but I'll find it. I'll find out what it is. But it's about having a strong mentality, especially for performance, and mm. um, just in general, just to keep you positive. You get what I'm saying? It's one of those books, but I need to actually find the name. I literally forgot. Yeah, 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 definitely. Because um, yeah, just just trying to trying to control the thoughts, right? Because the, the the thoughts control the motivation, which which the, the mental motivation leads to the physical, leads to what you do with with your physical yeah. person, right? So it's always important to keep the to keep the mental strong. Um, I know, obviously, you're still early in your career. How sorry? How how old are you right now? Uh, twenty eight. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. What um. What do you plan on doing, like uh, 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 after your career? Any 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 things in, in the plans yet? What are you uh, anything you're working on? Nothing really, nothing really planned. But um, previously, I used to do um, I used to do a lot of writing and filming stuff. I even have a documentary which um, Vice and HBO actually called me for. And uh, really, how did yeah? Literally, I'll I'll send you the. The link it's called yeah, the story yeah. behind voodoo wrestling and um the story behind what sorry you can write them the story behind voodoo wrestling voodoo wrestling yeah. interesting wrestling very exactly so when they called me they was like how the hell did you get this stuff together so you know my dad mm. he did wrestling and in common they do voodoo wrestling you know what i'm saying my dad didn't do the voodoo bit but he was wrestling with those people, so he knew those people, so he had access to that. So when um, they called me, they asked if they can use my the people that I used in my documentary. And from then, HBO did one, and then my dad did one with Netflix too. So from my documentary, we had the HBO version and the Netflix version, which copied my version. So wow. after, yeah, literally, hopefully after my career, I'm looking to get into that. Maybe I have some time on my hand to to do that properly you know nice 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 there you go there you go hbo he's ready for you come get him before <laughs> before somebody else offers him more money um <laughs> we got some uh quick questions in the chat here my man Vidi is asking is asking if you were to fight anyone tomorrow who uh a would you be ready and b who would it who would your opponent be i'm always ready Look. What boxer ain't ready? We're all ready, but um, uh, opponent. It could what um, old school fighter or the fighters of today, like at the moment, currently. Well, let's answer both. So start with the old school fighter that uh, that you want to face, and then and then okay. let's just bring it to someone uh, someone new. All right, cool. The fight right now. Well, old school. I would say Muhammad Ali or Evander Holyfield. I would love to share the ring with one of them. Ali is just Ali, but yeah. Evander, I just, I love the way he used to box. Every fight was entertaining. I would love to be in an entertaining fight yeah. with him. And uh, for now, I would say Tyson Fury, man. Like, of he brings a crowd and he's entertaining. Everyone will be watching that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would love yeah. to fight people like that. You know, fights that that make history, that make statements. Uh, mm -hmm. I love that. I would, I would love to, to box the best. AJ, anyone that's the best. I don't care win or lose. As long as I box the best, is I'm all good with it. There you go. There you go. That's the attitude we like to hear. Um, 
A quick comment from Adali Penance, who says uh, you should be a switch header heavyweight from Orthodox to Southpaw would be awesome. What uh, can you can you can you switch back and forth? Or do you feel more comfortable just staying in one stance? You know what? I used to always, I used to be a switch hitter like quite early on. Yeah. But then it got to a point where I didn't like it. Um, yeah, certain fights I would do it, but not all the time. So I said, you know what? Let me just stick to Orthodox, but. Never know. Maybe I might bring it back just for what's his name? Uh, uh Mister Mister or Mrs. Pennant. I don't know. I can't remember. Adderi Pennant. I might bring it back just for you. Just for you, I'll bring it back. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, another question. Do you have? Did you have any uh boxing idols uh or or cornerstones mentors coming up? Like who? As you were in, the, I know you started a little bit late as an eighteen year old. So when you were coming yeah. up. Who who did you look up to? Like who who were you? Um, obviously, you talked you talked about Muhammad Ali and Evander Holyfield. Yeah. Um, maybe get into a little bit of detail. Why why exactly those guys? So, for me, I always say Evander Holyfield is my favorite of all time. Like out of all the boxers, he's one of my favorites. Like like I said, he's entertaining. His skill set was amazing, and he. For me, he was just a perfect fighter back in the day, you know. And uh, and he was smaller than everyone he fought too, because he, he came smaller up than everyone, exactly. And light heavy, even he started. Yes, as a light actually, heavy yes. Away. Yeah, yeah. So it's amazing what he achieved. Like mm -hmm. to do what he's he's done is like is amazing, and um, he did it through fighting all these big guys, and he really went mm -hmm. to war with all of them. And he he just impressed me. His career impressed me. Even though he didn't probably finish as well as he should have, he probably should have retired earlier. But his career is like, one of the best. Man. That's what, yeah. One of the unfortunate things with a uh, with a fighter's pride, you know. I always say like when 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 people ask how come how come some fighters stay too late, it's almost like the, yeah. the easiest way I describe to people is that it's you know especially as a in any sport if you're a, a competitor, but specifically in a sport like 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 boxing. Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's hard to look at yourself in the mirror and, and admit that you you don't have it anymore. It's true, yeah. So that's why you want to, you know. To that point yes, yes. You know, get your yeah, skills I up get to that point. So I wouldn't know how how it feels, but I wouldn't want to feel that way. You know what I'm saying? Because if I exactly. start feeling that way, boy, because mm -hmm. you know I'm putting a lot to be where I am. So exactly, I can imagine the same with them. They're putting a lot to be where they are, and mm -hmm. to, to for someone to tell them and them to tell themselves that. Mm -hmm. what you know more is quite hard to take in. Exactly. That's why you want to get to the top, get to the top as fast as you can and, and stay there for a and good then, amount of time and make as much money as you can and then exactly. get out of there before yeah, uh, before, exactly. before the sport gets you out, unfortunately. Exactly. <laughs> it happens a lot. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, it's true. Um, okay, let's uh, get the story behind uh, yeah the, the Jamie TKV. For, let's let people know how to okay. properly pronounce your last name and then uh and then go from there so so my name is jamie chikiva the tkv comes from the name chikiva so the tkv so my, mm. my surname is spelled t-s-h-i-k-e-v-a so tkv is in the name there mm. and um the reason why i decided that is because um I went through a period where I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't doing as well as I could. Or that I was, I was doing well at one point, then near the end of my amateur career, I kind of like slowed down a little bit. And I felt like 
I felt very negative and I wasn't really happy as well. And I felt like there needed to be a change. I did a lot of reading, meditating and stuff. And I felt like naming myself TKV makes me a new person. I won't be Chikiva anymore. Chikiva didn't f finish strong. TKV is a new person who will begin strong and finish strong. So it's just more of a mental thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like it's an ego type of thing. But um, literally, that's the main reason I felt like Chikiva didn't finish well. TKV is a whole new person who would who do better. Nice, nice. Much respect yeah. to that. Much respect to that. Um, any any uh, any announcements or anything um, that you want to? Uh, are you up to anything in that you know that you want to let people know? Um, you're up to anything. I'm like that? pretty much boring, man. All I do is boxing. <laughs> There's not not much announcements. No, nothing big that I can announce. But um, just just yeah, focus on focus on the prize, keeping your eyes on the prize, right? Exactly, eyes on the prize. That's exactly that. That's perfect. Yeah, That's perfect, man. Why well, I, I really appreciate you uh, joining me today. Uh, let me see if there's any more questions in the chat. Uh, she said some same. Adari Pennant says you should fight like Ike Ayabuchi or Evander Holyfield. That's it my guy. Great. That's my guy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. My, yes. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he was clear enough on my shorts. It said God first. Oh, okay. 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 So, if you look at Ike. If it was fights on his shorts, it had God first. Yes. So I I, I tried to replicate him like, a little bit like, by writing God first on the back of his shoot the same way he used to do because I I rate him as the same as Evander I rate him as well but his career got cut short through mm. unfortunate um, situation but yeah that's one of my favorites as well. Nice, I, nice, nice, nice. Um, we got another question coming in here. What was your favorite venue? That you fought in so far well you only had one pro fight but amateur you've probably traveled okay. around the world right so maybe what, what country was your favorite uh country to fight in do you know what morocco was probably my favorite country morocco. To fight in because yeah because there was a lot of congolese people supporting us because i bought internationally for congo and uh we had like a big big crowd and the noise they were making it just and like it really got me going and mm. I don't think I've ever had fights the way I've had fights over there. Like the way the crowd was, it pushed me. And every time we won a fight, it's like we won the world championships. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Every fight, every win was a madness and it made you so it made me wanna win more, you know what I'm saying? Yes, Push yes. more. And every time I came out the ring, security had to be around me just because of the fans. So wow. it was just like I was a star over there. I loved it. So <laughs> That experience, wow. man, it's crazy. I enjoyed it so much, man. Yeah, best, Morocco, best, place, best country of Boston. Yeah. Morocco, nice, nice. Especially because the most, because uh, I was what I was about to say is in a lot of the most of the international tournaments, there's no crowd. Uh, we're not sorry, not exactly. there's no crowd, but it's you know, or yeah, exactly. you know, there's no yeah. crowd really. Um, not much people, yeah. Yeah, not too much people. So those that so at the amateur level to have a crowd like that, of course, that would be a, a long-lasting yeah. memory. That's pretty cool. Exactly. Any other countries that were memorable like that? Um, yeah, not really. You know, I think that's the only one where I'd say that's it was just the best. And the fact that I did so well in that competition as well probably adds to it as well. Nice. So um, yeah, so it's the only I've been to other countries. Germany, Germany's a place where um, I think I've boxed there twelve times. And, mm. um, 
I think I've won 11 times over there. So that, uh, I hold good memories in Germany too. So yeah, I enjoy nice. nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, Vinny with is just coming in, throwing the questions today. Um, he wants to know, have you sparred anyone famous that we might know? Any or you know any good stories that you can share with from that? Um, I've sparred Chisora, you know Chisora. Oh, of course, he sparred Chisora. Yeah. How was that? Does he spar the way he fights? Yeah, in a way, yeah. He's strong. That people won't expect him, but he's, he's a strong guy. Mm. Um, but this was like 2016, so some years ago. Mm. Um, and. David Adelaide, you heard of it? Oh, big Mike in the building. <laughs> what up, guys? What up, how are David? How are you, man? Nice to, nice to see you. Nice to good. meet you. Nice to meet you too. Uh, we thanks for joining us, Mike. We were just um, uh, Jamie was just in the middle of talking about uh, some of the some of the top guys uh, that he's that he got a chance to spar with. Um, nice. Anyways, finish what you were saying, Jamie. Finish what you were saying. Um, Fabio Woodley, heard of him? Woodley, yes, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I feel under pressure, the names are all slipping out of my mind. What's happening? Um, <laughs> um, who else? That's um, cool. Cash Ali, Cash Ali, yes, yes, yes. I, yeah. I think Mike profiled him um, on one of the shows before, yeah, yeah. Dave Adelaide. Adelaide, uh, did you Adelaide. profile him too, Mike? I think, yeah, yeah, we profiled him as well. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Um, th there's a few names missing, <laughs> but I'll probably come, it'll probably come back to me. It'll probably come back to me. By the few names Mike, go ahead. I know you got some questions. You just just came in. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nah, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's been talked about already, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is. We basically talked about everything, man. Um, you know, talked about his amateur career, how we got how we got started. Um, yeah everything really um how how uh Adderi has another another comment he did she or he would like to see you fight eric molina next that would be a good uh already oh, that would be that would be a step-up fight you're only going in your second pro fight that's kind of a, kind of a step up but i'm, I'm confident <laughs> you can take him i'm kind of confident yeah, you definitely. can take him it's kind of early in the career you know you know what those type of fights obviously you can beat those type of guys but the problem is it will push you up too far and once you go up there's no way back yes so you yes i have to be the right fights at the right time yes so i yes, can't just jump jump like i still gotta learn you know even exactly. though i've been boxing for a while this is new to me you know i'm still learning yeah so, even where i've got to learn as a professional so there's no way i would jump too far obviously if the fight if the fact was right and it was right for my career i would do it but if well, besides that, I'm not jumping. I'm not jumping as far. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. What, uh, what 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 are some short term goals that you got? For, like, how many times are you looking to fight for you know for for the end of the year? Is that hopefully five? I'm hoping. Hope, but you know, I think I'm gonna get four from the way things are going because my next one hopefully should be in June. After June, we're gonna see then. But I think I'm gonna get at least four or five because. All my fights have to be on the sky platform on the sky platform so i can't right. be fighting on small hall shows and stuff so i have to be fighting on the big shows right right that's awesome so um that's it 
Yo, honestly, do you want to be loved or do you want to be feared in your career? You know what? I'd rather be loved, you know. You know what? Everyone feared Tyson. Mm -hmm. But everyone loved Muhammad Ali, but you can tell the difference. Yeah. Who, who would you rather be, Muhammad Ali or, or Tyson? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather be... Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Both, both wouldn't be bad, though. <laughs> yeah. Both wouldn't be bad. Yeah, exactly. Being feared and loved at the same time. But, I mean, if I had the option just to choose one, I would choose love. Honestly, I feel like I feel like that's the. It's different, especially for boxing, because everyone expects to, everyone to fear a boxer, but to love a right. boxer is different. So to be loved by the nation is amazing, isn't it? It's, it's amazing. Who uh, who were some of your influence to uh, you know to get in the ring and compete and and can you know go through this career of being a boxer? He like talked about Ali. Before, he give, give him more detail Ali. on it, though. He talked about <laughs> Ali and Evander Holyfield and Ayabuchi. But maybe give give yeah. maybe one thing from each fighter. If you could take one thing from each of those fighters, and and give um, it give it to yourself, what would it be? Muhammad Ali was his charisma and his self belief. Like his self belief was amazing. Like what he said always came. It was it always happened. You know what I'm saying? Like. Um, it's just his self-belief and charisma was different. Evander Holyfield had the biggest heart. He was he always went to war with all these big guys coming from a lighter weight. Um, Ike was a very talented um, fighter who unfortunately got into un unfortunate um, circumstances. But um, yeah, those three are one of the guys that are the people that I watch a lot. Maybe you might see a few things that they do that I try subconsciously. I do as well. So, but those are the main three guys that I, that really inspire me, that did inspire me to boys. How did you? Um, so during during the time that you were, you know, as a, you know, fighting as an amateur, did you find it hard to balance amateur fighting and and say like your academic background and, and like schooling? Did you did you find it hard to juggle both? No, nah, not really. I actually completed university while I was boxing. So I was, yeah, so. Nice. <laughs> nice. It didn't be too bad. I was, I was able to, to, to balance both of it, you know, because my priority was to obviously get my study and go straight to training. Like most people be hanging about in the university and just finding things to do. But my thing was to study, get into my seminar and get out and go to my session. Like I, like I never really stuck around. I made friends, but I wasn't there to hang about and waste time. Right, right. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's. So you really must have just did focused on those two things, just school and uh, school and training. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That, you know, there's not much time for anything else, especially if you're in university exactly. taking university courses. Uh, yeah. How were you able to stay focused? Like, what? Um, did you have somebody like you know making sure that you were you were you know staying on the right path or was it just all you just just staying mentally strong and making sure that you didn't get distracted by things do you know what it was it was me on my own because literally i knew what i wanted like from the beginning like i said before from the beginning um that my amateur coach told me you can make a lot of money from, from this sport so that was always in my head i can make a lot of money i can make a lot of money and eventually become someone you know what i'm saying make it my like making my full-time job someday so i always had that ambition and goal 
to become a professional and to really go far in the sport, which is the reason why I really thought that I really wanted it. So there was nothing that could have dis that distracted me at that time. And even now, no, like nothing can distract me. I know where I want to go. What are some uh, What are some of the biggest challenges that you that you face so far in in your career? Um, you know what? At the beginning, to be honest, my manager, my management team, and the people around me have helped me so much. Where I haven't struggled as much as others. Like I hear stories of people really struggling, but I've got a great team, so I can't even say that. I've, like everything has been great. They they've got me on a great platform. They're taking care of me. They got they got me around the right people. Like I feel quite comfortable in my pro like my pro career, you know. And so I can't really to be honest. Everything's been going okay for me. So yeah. If you could, I don't know if you've been asked this yet, but if you could fight anybody today, who would it be? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I said Tyson Fury. Yeah, you said Tyson Fury now, but give us not give us again more detail on that. How exactly would you beat him? Well, I guess maybe you can't give that if the fight. No, no. <laughs> that yeah. fight. Maybe you don't want to give. give those, well, you don't want to give away how he's gonna beat the champ, man. Yeah, you know I don't want to give it, but you know what? I feel like him a little bit of problems with my movement. Like he won't expect my movement as much as I won't probably expect some of the stuff that mm -hmm. he does as well. So. um I'll probably shock him a little bit, but we'll see. <laughs> you never know. It's a win or lose game because for, for me, he's one of the best at the moment. He's uh, right. obviously causing waves throughout the heavyweight division and it's exciting as well, you know. And like I said before, I would love to be in a fight where people will be talking about it for many years and the fight with Tyson Fury will be just that fight. Of course, of course. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um. When you're uh, when you're ready to you know hang it up and uh, you know take a different uh, you know role in the sport, um, what uh, what do you want to be remembered for when you uh, when you when you decide to hang it up? The same thing Evander is remembered for his big heart for the all like all the entertaining fights. Like my thing is to be as entertaining as possible, um, just to be the I don't know the most technically. The most technical, fast, heavyweight, I don't know, but I just really want it to be, I really want to be the most entertaining heavyweight boxer, you know, my fights to be watched and talked about for many years and, you know, like the same way I'm talking about Evander Holyfield's fight, I want people to talk about my fights the same way, so I just want to be entertaining, that's what I want to be remembered for. Uh, if, if you had to pick a fight that, say, represented who you really are as a fighter for all the people out there that know you, uh, what fight do you think would be the best to describe who you are as a fighter for people to watch? Do you know what? This might sound like a stretch, but um, <laughs> James Tony versus who's I forgot his name. Uh, it was one of his old school fights. Oh, as a middleweight. That's what I'm saying. It's a stretch. Um, the guy was a world champion as well. Okay. He, I forgot his name. Let me see if I can. Can I find his name quickly? Yeah, do do it up. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hold up. Barkley. Yeah, that's it. So James Tony versus Barkley. 
Yeah. That fight. The only reason why is because he actually, even though James Tony is a skillful fighter, mm. and you would expect him to back off a little bit, he actually, when when Barkley comes at him, he just fights him back. You know. Right. And for me, I'm just, I'm that type of person. I will fight back if I need to fight back. So. Yeah, and um, it maybe Ike Ibuachi versus David Tuya. Okay, yeah, that's another fight. Technical, a lot of shots being thrown and technical. That's right. the best way I could probably explain myself. What uh, what, what what's your favorite shot? What, what what's the money maker? What's what's the one that uh, you know you just love throwing? Um, the body shot to the body, the left. I didn't really land it as clean in the fights, but right. that's one of my favorite shots when it, when I land it properly. Like I'm, I I use my left a lot with the lead up or cuts and whatever, but I use my left quite a lot. So well, that's yeah, awesome. Um, do, you, do you have your next fight scheduled? Do you know when you're jumping in the ring again? No. Well, my next fight, hopefully, we're thinking of June. I've heard my team talk about June. So that's in two months and hopefully... We can stay busy from there. I just want to stay busy because right. not like I said before. I'm trying to get at least five fights, but from the way things are going, every two, three months could probably be four fights. But we're being optimistic, optimistic, and now open to get five this year. But June is the next day that we're hoping for. Excellent, excellent! I can't wait to see you in the ring again, man. Honestly. Can, can you run us? Can you run us through the emotions when you know you got that call from boxers saying, "Hey, you know what? We want to want to sign you to a multi deal." And how? Just run us through the emotions you felt when that happened to you. You know, um, my team obviously was speaking of it for a while, saying that mm-hmm. potentially they can get me on this platform. Um, and when they finally came through with the contract, I was just excited and I was happy. I was I was over the moon because I knew. Like this is the best platform to be on. Like Sky right. Sports, Boxer, the promotion second to none. Like the the way I'm promoted is like I, I couldn't I couldn't have um, imagined it elsewhere. You know what I'm saying? So I'm happy that I signed with them. I was just too excited. I saw the work that they were doing with other fighters, you know, and friends that were on there before, and I saw that they're doing good work with them. So I said, you know what, this is the best place to be. My team said the same thing. So when they actually came through, it's the best feeling, man. Quite even, I can't even put it into words, but I was happy. Well, that was, that's yeah. Honestly, I'd be happy too, man. Honestly, uh, yeah. they're, they're definitely a huge growing company, man. I know they're like still infant yeah. in, in, in their in their journey here that they've done, but yeah, they are doing great wonders. Um, what, what's the team atmosphere like uh, training wise? Like uh, when you're in that gym, man, is it is it a really tight community there that you're that you're part of now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really tight um, community. It's taking me in well. So, um, but there's like there's more champions there, as you know, Lee Wood, Josh Taylor, and there's obviously a lot of up and coming prospects that will become world champions in that gym. Um, obviously, Chris Congo. Yeah. Have you heard of him? He's in the gym as well. Yeah, we pro- um, we profiled him actually uh, right after you. Actually, <laughs> I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah. So, um, Pat McCormack, Luke McCormack. Yeah. Mark, Mark Dickinson, Shabazz Masood, Ben Smith, um, Will Cooley. There's a lot of talented like, boxers. Sorry, there's a lot of talented boxers in the gym. We feed off each other, and the fact that there's world champions there, 
um, it, it, like, it pushes us, you know what I'm saying, to see that they're working hard. We, it's only right that we work hard too, you know? So right. It definitely pushes us all and it's a very nice gym. Everyone, like, everyone's nice. There's no ego over there. And, That's um, awesome. Very nice gym. Uh, what's it like? What's it like in a day of camp when you get in? When you're getting ready for a fight? How long are your camps? You know, what's it, what? What times the day start? What time does it end? Do you, what do you hate? What What's the worst thing you hate about it? <laughs> do you know what? Some the, the only thing I hate sometimes are the long days. You know, uh, they are short days, but it's not every day. So there's like my long days are like three times a week. Right. But it's like I'll have like, I'll run in the morning. After running, I'll go boxing. And then after boxing, I'll go for conditioning. So it's like a long period. So I'll be finished by like 6 p.m., 7. By the time I get home, I'm ready for bed again and ready to do it for the next day. And the following day, I'll probably spar. Then in the evening, I'll do a run. Then the, the Wednesday following day, I'll do the same routine as a Monday where I would run. You know what I'm saying? Run, boxing, then strength and conditioning. And I do that every day. And Saturdays, I do like a light, long run, like probably like one hour or so, like 8K or 7K, depends how, how I'm feeling. And then Sunday, I rest. So it's not as bad. Like, to be honest, I can never complain. Like my body's used to it. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's not as bad. Camp is not as bad. To be honest, we're still training, we're taking over. But when obviously we get a fight date, that's when we step it up. You know what I'm saying? So we stay fit, but we know when to step it up and when to tone it down. That's awesome. Awesome. I'm I'm super excited to see you get back in the ring. Uh honestly. You know, I think I think you're gonna do great in your career, man. I think I think people need to look at the division. I, I you have you have thunder in those hands, man. You got great defense, great speed, and and seriously. Thank you. The division's got to look out, man, because uh, there's a new, <laughs> the new guy in town, man. There's a new guy. Hey, we're here. We're here. We're here to stay. He's going to take it over, right? That's right. Yeah. We, that's the plan, man. We're here to, to take over. Yeah, we're here to take over, not just to be on the sidelines. We're here to be on the front line and really take over. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm glad that you're Make saying that. Statement. Make that statement. Yeah. Definitely, man. I'm going to make statements. Yeah, for real. Uh, let me ask, do you remember the feeling that you went through the first time you put Amanda sleep in the ring? Boy, yeah, literally, it just happened out. I was thinking, it can't because I didn't expect the shot to, to put him down. But this was, I didn't really expect the shot to put him down. And it kind of, I was like, well, so really this, it was just a, that shot feeling, oh wow, that shot put him down, but it wasn't even one of the hardest shots that I hit him with, you know. Right. But, yeah, it, it, but when you do hurt someone, it's always a good feeling. That's right. Yeah, get them out of there quick, no overtime, right? Just get in and get yeah, it done. Exactly, no overtime. Exactly. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> um well, what's the what's the long term goal? Uh say next next five years or so. What what do you expect to be? Um, definitely in the top 10 in the world for sure, or maybe close to fighting for a world because five years is a lot to be sitting around yeah. and fighting bums for five years. Not saying everyone's a bum, but like, as in, 
sorry, let me rephrase that. Fight in journeyman for a while. Right. So by then I would have stepped it up. Definitely would have gone through the, the British route, the European route, Commonwealth, and then probably um, be within close or close to world title of already have fought for a world title by five years person from the plan that we got as a team mm -hmm. um any plan any plans on helping out uh you know helping out the youth as uh as you continue on in your career you have any like goals of maybe becoming a coach one day or no definitely do you know what i definitely want to become a coach because now I'm learning the game. I feel like I want to teach people about the game too. You know, I like I really want to give the knowledge that I have, I learned and give it to other people and hopefully make some champions of myself. You know what I'm saying? Just make champions the same way. But um, I do have a dream one day where I can um, maybe adopt kids or foster kids who, who haven't got the opportunities that others may have and then in a way create like a a house for sports so every kid that I, I adopt not saying i'll force them but they do sports and we can see they can excel and probably make it as professionals you know mm -hmm. i don't know it doesn't have to be boxing it could be any sport but i definitely want to do that in the future i may not just be a foster thing it may maybe a program where i can help kids get into their desired sports and push them all the way through to become professional Right. Did you uh, did you find it easy for, uh, to transition from the amateurs into the paid ranks? And and what are what are the biggest difference that you've you've uh, you've experienced between the two different? Um, so with um, amateur boxing, the only difference is, like I mentioned before, was the pace. I had to just slow down the pace and, and make sure I wasn't doing too much and blowing. Because sometimes I would throw a lot of shots and move my head a lot, you know. All the fancy stuff for a big guy, I just liked what fancy stuff, but it's not good in a lot. Like if you're doing 10 rounds to 12 rounds, you're going to blow up doing all of that. You blow out in five rounds. And um, and I was blowing up in like six rounds because I was doing too much. But once I, uh, Ben Davidson and Barry Smith showed me how to control that and really slow it down and obviously made that transition from amateur to pro now i can do 10 rounds without blowing you know what i'm saying and i'm right. more comfortable because now i can manage myself a bit better so it's just that transition was obviously it was different but it's better it's worked out well for me and um and i didn't find it difficult to make that transition because you know i've i've boxed at the highest level of um amateur boxing but now it was time to it's just basically same type of training but with longer time and longer periods longer rounds so yeah it wasn't too much of a difficult transition all right do you uh do you follow like a strict eating uh you know nutritional plan and, and eating habits or or you just like eat what you want and just train like like a madman no nah, you know what i don't eat junk i literally don't eat junk because i came down from 133 because after the olympic qualifiers i, I literally ballooned up during lockdown and just got comfortable eating whatever but i i got down from 133 and i was 107 when i weighed in you know what i'm saying I, I did drop a lot of weight quickly as well not not too quick but i dropped a lot of weight 
but now we're going to start to bulk up so we can look more physically like a heavyweight type, type of thing. So, um, I began following a strict diet, I said a month before the fight. I wish I'd done it earlier, but a month before the fight, I was eating a very clean diet, which helps with performance, mm. avoiding certain food. And I got told to avoid certain food just before the fight, like the fight week, you're not supposed to eat certain food because certain food um, hinders your performance and stuff. And it, and I saw the benefits of that, you get what I'm saying? And um, yeah, my diet is definitely clean. It's not, it's not bad. I don't eat chips and burger and all that stuff, but I do eat, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you hear me? I eat. <laughs> We all got that cheat day. We all got that cheat day from yeah, time. Yeah, of course, yeah, cheat. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What um, what's the biggest challenge that you've faced so far? Um, uh, like in the pros that um, that you didn't expect. Like, what's the biggest thing that surprised you? That was challenging. That that you really had to overcome. You know what? It's like everything that I've come across is like I expected it. I didn't expect nothing to be easy. Mm-hmm. So when anything hard does come, I really take it on and just go with it because I just knew that it was, it was never going to be easy. Um, just dealing with certain things. With Obviously, I don't have to sell tickets, but dealing with people buying tickets and just dealing with these small things like Obviously, it takes a lot because in an amateur, you don't want you don't have to worry about all of that. You know what I'm right. saying? You just turn up, punch someone in the face, you get punched in the face, and you go home. If the pro game is a bit more different, there's a build up, there's press conference, there's a lot of work that you're supposed to do beforehand, especially me being on um, a big platform like Sky. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of work that I'm doing behind the scenes, and obviously besides training we're doing the media work and doing some other stuff photos being taken all the time so maybe it's just i think that's probably one of the things i had to get used to as well you know all that media stuff but now i've got the hang of it and you know we're flowing yeah. and we're just going with it yeah what's uh what's a piece of advice that you could give the young youth that are up and coming to stay you know motivated to to reach the level that you've reached What's the best piece of advice you could give them? To be honest, just remain like it seems like everyone always says this, oh, remain focused, blah, blah, blah. But literally, that's all it takes. Just stick to what you're doing. Just don't stop what you're doing. If you're good at something, there may be, there's a lot like, even me with my boxing, I was going through patches where I wasn't happy and I wasn't getting the wins that I was supposed to get in. I'm sorry, I wasn't getting the wins I was supposed to be getting. Um, there was a lot of situations where I didn't really want to continue boxing as well. But I said, you know what? I've put in a lot of work in this sport. So there's no way I can just quit and let it go. So there is going to be difficult situations like that. It may be hard, but always remain focused and continue what you're doing. Never, the best way to put it is just never quit. Even though it may be hard, but trust me, never quit. Because at the end of the road, there's always going to be a light, man. There's going to be a light and something good's going to come to from all the work that you put in. As long as you put in all the work, you'll be fine. Okay. What um 
What? Uh, okay, we we all know boxing has a, a crap load of politics in it, man. What's uh, what, what's the most like? What's the biggest thing that you've experienced that you know in in the politics of boxing and how's it affected you in in your career? Well, the the politics. Well, there's one situation where I missed out on the Olympics. Um, literally, the African Games um, got to the final, and then like in that fight, there was the guy got two points taken off and and all that. Then when it got to the verdict. I think the judges took 20 minutes to read out the verdict. There was arguments with each other. And then when they read it out, they said the other guy won. And then the riot kicked off. People started throwing chairs into the ring. And these are people from different countries, not even from my country. And they said, we're tired of all this, this bias. So stuff like that, judging, has really messed up the sport for me. A lot of uh, situations like that happen a lot. Like those judges did get suspended pending investigation. But because of the pandemic, they wasn't able to overturn the results. So the results remained that he had a gold medal and had a silver medal in the African Games. And um, he, he actually ended up going to the Olympics because of that gold medal, which was supposed oh. to be overturned. So that that's one thing that I was really upset about for a while as well. I remember that. And uh, But yeah, just situations like that, like it doesn't help a lot of people, you know, you just messing up dreams and mm -hmm. you know people work hard to be where they are so i mean yeah those kind of stuff is messed up what uh what was the biggest lesson that you've learned from from a situation like that so far <sighs> you know what i just i don't even know how to put it but um I just had to be strong, you know, it just, you know what, it happens, you know, and if one door shut, as they say, if one door shuts, another door opens, but um, I can't complain, it happened and it happened for a reason, so I guess it is what it is, but I just, I just learned that everything happens for a reason, that's one thing I definitely learned in that situation. How how do you stay motivated? Like, how do you stay, like, for, for the younger fighters out there, man, when a situation like that happens where, you know, the politics gets involved like that and, you know, something doesn't, something gets overturned and, you know, you end up in this situation where, how do, how does, how did you stay motivated and how are ways that, you know, to motivate yourself to continue when, when you suffer a loss like that, that is so devastating that you work so hard for? Um, I literally knew how good I was and, and the fact that I've competed at the highest level and the people that I've boxed against are all in the Olympics and stuff, I'm at, I'm at the same level as them, you know. And that's what, not saying if they wasn't at the Olympics, I would have continued, but that was one thing that kept me pushing. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm good enough to, to be on that level, so why can I not continue and push on and become a professional and do big things elsewhere? You know what I'm saying? So right. that's one thing that did push me. That's great, man. To stay motivated like that. We got we got a couple quite we got a question here uh from the audience actually. They want to know what does TKV stand for? So TKV, I explained previously. So my name is Jamie Chikiva. Yep. And uh the TKV comes from my last name, Chikiva. So T S H I K E V A. So it's from my last name. 
All right. Amber, I hope that answers your questions. <laughs> uh, also, we have another one. Uh, favorite mentor or favorite trainer? Well, at the moment, I'm with, I'm training with like, one of my favorite trainers, which is Ben Davidson. So. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Davidson is my favorite trainer at the moment. But if we're talking about old time, we're talking Emmanuel Stewart. Was, um, yeah, I, I think Emmanuel Stewart made a lot of champions and I think Lou Duval wasn't too bad either. I've actually liked the people, the boxers that he produced. And that, well, he, he was blessed with a lot of talented fighters, but he really did take them all the way to the top. Right, right. You know, I don't want to keep you too much longer, brother. I know, I know uh, you, you've been here. You, you took the time out of your busy schedule to come and join us, man. I, I love it. Much appreciation and respect. Uh, we at Talk and Fight are definitely going to be following you throughout your lengthy career, man. All your ups and downs Thank are you, here man. for you, for your support, man. We're definitely going to push you and your brand out to our audience, man, to let them know that you are definitely a force to be reckoned with in this division and that all these guys better look out, man, because there's a new man in town, right? <laughs> There's a new man in town for real. Yeah, 100%. There's a new man in town. He's kicking ass, man. That's what it is. So, so Jamie, I'm not going to keep you too much longer, brother. I just want to say thank you again. Uh, You know, shout out to you. Shout out to your team, man. Definitely you're doing it big. Can't wait to see you in the ring. You definitely have to, you know, message me up. Let me know the next time you got the uh, the, the match set up. So we can tune in. And then, yeah, so you can keep. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Keep in touch that way. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I would also like to uh, invite you back, maybe uh, you know the week before, yeah. the week out, or you know right after your next fight, so yeah. we can push you, man, and and let the audience yeah. know how you're doing and everything. But uh, definitely yeah, appreciate. Yeah, man. No, uh, so honestly, we are going to uh, definitely see you in the ring soon, man. And I want to check. Give a shout out to all these fans who uh, dropped in some questions today. Sorry, was it a little late today? I got stuck in a meeting. But Cedric, did Cedric do well? Did Cedric do well? Okay. Yeah, he did well. He did well. He he pretty much covered all the parts that he did as well. So he pretty much covered all the questions. Excellent, excellent. All right, Jamie. Thank you very much, man. Just stick around for a few okay. seconds while we sign off. Uh, to all the Talk and Fight fans around the world, thanks for tuning in to today's special episode of Knuckle Up at Four with Mike Gore and Cedric Ben and our special guest today, Jamie TKV. If you haven't seen him yet, man, check him out. Don't want to miss this kid. Definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with in this division. So all these people may better look out. Jamie TKV is on his way to you. <laughs> <laughs> So all, everybody out there, we'll see you next time. Tune in tomorrow, same time, same channel. You know what it is, Female Friday. We'll catch you 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know what it is, man. Knuckle up.